0: If you don't know who Reid Hoffman is, he's the founder of LinkedIn, and this episode is inspired by something he wrote and published on LinkedIn. It's titled, Why Ten-Year Plans Are Wrong. In it, he states, you will change, the environment around you will change, and your allies and competitors will change. So I want to talk a little bit more about how I think this applies to long-term planning, but also setting your vision and goals for your life. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornett. So I do agree with what Reed Hoffman is saying about planning. Of course, career plans will need to change. A 10-year plan is a bit silly because the world does change so much in a decade. I mean, who could have predicted the impact of the pandemic? I mean, people have talked about it, but I don't think we fully anticipated everything it was going to do to our personal and professional lives. Who could have foreseen the massive disruption smartphones would have on our personal and professional lives? Who envision all of the novel opportunities enabled and created by the thousands and thousands of online platforms that we all use every day? Strategies and plans will always need to adapt to the changing times, but if you created your long-term vision the right way, it shouldn't keep changing. It should endure and stand the test of time. No vision should be so shallow that it's influenced by current events and trends and things that are happening around you. It should be something that is very much driven by what's inside you and will endure. So don't get distracted by all the shiny objects that are screaming for your attention today. Surface level trends come and go. I think NFTs are one of those. (laughs) Wow, I don't even know what to think about that. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But a lot of people who invested a tremendous amount of money in NFTs and now they're trying to sell them are hurting a little bit. So if you try to predict those ripples on the surface of everything, you will fail. The hot new profession today may be gone in a few years. And uh, I linked a fun article about all the professions that have died over the years that were hot professions at one time. You can go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. This is Your Future is Unpredictable. And uh, check out that article. It's kind of fun. You can probably think of a few that are going on right now. I mean, there are social media influencers who are making millions and millions of dollars every year. It's going to die someday. It's going to go away, hopefully soon. Uh, The hot new industry that everyone is talking about may go cold next year. The technological marvel, you know, something that all the investors are pumping, if you go on social media, they're pumping it up. It may fizzle and go out soon. And, uh, I'm reminded of clubhouse super hot during the pandemic when everybody was sitting at home. When's the last time you used clubhouse? So what you should do is focus on the core truths of the human condition. If you want to choose a professional path that will endure. Dive deeper and deeper still. What have people always wanted and will always need? You know, at least until we evolve beyond carbon-based life forms. And I'll use an example, you know, the, the entertainment industry. That's a good one. I mean, think about all the evolution of this industry that we've witnessed in our lifetime, or in the, the lifetime of of humanity. I mean, started with stories being told around a campfire at night. And then we had live plays that were enjoyed in the village square. And then theater performances on stage. Hey, Shakespeare. Films projected on screens in movie theaters. And then everything at home. You know, VHS tapes, laser discs, DVDs, all the stuff that you could watch in the comfort of your home. And then stuff that came through cable or satellite you know, the pay-per-view events, movies, and of course, Netflix delivering the DVDs directly to your house. And now we have an explosion of streaming video, online gaming, other types of entertainment experiences that are all consumed on those tiny little computers that are in your pocket that you can hold in the palm of your hand. Now, if you try to predict what's coming next, you might be correct, but you might be so very wrong. If you try to plan a 10-year career and place a bet on where it's all heading, you might win or you might lose. That's why Reid is correct about the fallacy of concrete 10-year plans. You can't predict the future with enough accuracy for planning that far into the distant years ahead. However, you can return to the core truth that human beings enjoy being entertained. Our brains are large enough, and I would say our modern world is safe enough, we're not being chased by uh, saber-toothed tigers, that we can frequently focus our minds and our senses on fun instead of survival. In some way, shape, or form, people will still want to be entertained and distracted from reality 10 years from now, 100 years from now, and probably for the rest of your professional career. So if you tell me that your long-term career goal is to be an executive at Netflix, I will caution you against that decision. For all we know, Netflix could implode in the next five years. They've already had some huge issues. Lost a bunch of subscribers in Q1 this year. Had layoffs. So a competitor might come along and kill them, just like they killed Blockbuster. Heck, I will say that you're making a mistake even if you tell me that your long-term goal is to be a leader in streaming video. You know, A leader at a company that provides streaming video, whatever that company is. And sure, it seems like it's not going anywhere right now, but that's always the case. We said the same thing about many technologies that have gone to the high-tech graveyard in the past 20, 30 years. I've been in the tech industry for a really long time. My first job was at IBM back in 1993. Let me tell you, I've watched a lot of hot companies and hot technology trends that everybody thought would last forever and was the big thing, the pinnacle of success, fade away and die. Things change quickly. However, if you want to create a long-term goal of climbing to a leadership role or founding a startup in the business of entertainment, I say go for it. As I said, people will always want to be entertained. Just be ready to adapt to the changing how of how that entertainment will be provided and yeah the future is unpredictable companies often make the mistake of trying to brainstorm and have vision exercises and engage in long-term planning to create the future people talk about create the future you want And the reality of uncertainty and chaos in the world makes leaders and shareholders very, very uncomfortable. That's why they like to feel like they can create the future and they have the plans for 2050. What are we going to be doing in 2050? Uh, Amy Webb is a futurist. She wrote an HBR, Harvard Business Review article that I thought was really useful. It's how to do strategic planning like a futurist. There's a quote from the article, nice linear timelines offer a certain amount of assurance that events can be preordained, chaos can be contained, and success can be plotted and guaranteed. But unfortunately, no amount of vision work or planning can control the future. Outside forces collide with the best laid plans and they wreak havoc on the expected outcomes that could be natural disasters, it could be the pandemic that we faced, an unexpected war, hello, competitive moves. I mean, you don't control everything. And unfortunately, this is why so many organizations get into this pattern of cycling between strategy and tactics and strategy and tactics over and over again, and they churn their teams and sometimes they just fail. Individuals fall into this trap as well. I'm just as guilty. I mean, I enjoy long-term planning and vision work. You may have picked up on that. That's why I have so many chapters on that in my book. But we can't predict precisely how our futures will turn out. There is a Yiddish proverb that is, it's pretty funny. It's man plans and God laughs. As a quantitative futurist, Amy Webb suggests a different framework for strategically thinking about the future. Her timelines aren't lines at all. They're time cones. And I included an image in the newsletter that is associated with this podcast episode that it illustrates her framework. And it's really a useful image. So go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. This is... Your future is unpredictable. And I want you to check out that cone diagram because I think it's a great way to think about planning for the future. So on the far left, she has the tip of the cone, which lives in the here and now, like one to two years out. And that's where tactics come into play. That's the projects you're working on. It's like, what am I actually doing right now to execute on my plan? And that's where we have... The highest degree of certainty. We have more data. We have evidence that something's working or not working. So that's the far left tip of the cone. And then as you go farther out to the broader side of the cone, on the right, you have less data, less evidence, and a lot less certainty. And that moves out two to five years, five to 10 years, 10 plus years. You know, that's where strategy comes into play. Two to five years thinking about your strategic differentiator your strategic efforts what is your strategy to win to compete and then out 5 to 10 years you know it's the vision what is it that you want to be what is that vision that you want to make come, you want to make come true and then beyond that she has some stuff that looks at kind of systems level evolution things that are unpredictable but really trying to understand bigger trends and i think coming back to some of the core truths Human psychology, economic theory. As you get out there, it's it's fuzzier and there's a broader range of possibilities. And so that is much more useful than trying to be specific and have tactics and even strategies. But what's interesting about her model is that the cone moves. It's not a fixed timeline that you see with most planning exercises that go, here's now 5, 10, 20, 50, 100 years. It's a moving cone of probability. So there's a, another quote, unlike a traditional timeline with rigid dates and check-ins, the cone always moves forward. As you gain data and evidence and as you make progress on your actions, the beginning of the cone and your tactical category is always reset in the present day. So that tip of the cone with your tactics is always, what are you doing right now? The result ideally is a flexible organization that is positioned to continually iterate and respond to external developments. So I linked her article. If you go to the newsletter, newsletter newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, if you want to read more, I really like the stuff that Amy Webb writes. So now I want to talk a little bit something, something different about control versus influence versus adapting. Because this topic of thinking about long-term goals and trying to plan your future, it reminds me of a concept, psychological concept called the locus of control, which was created by the psychologist Julian Rotter. I mean, your life is full of actions that you take, your behavior, the actions others take, events in the world around you, and outcomes. If you have a greater external locus of control, you tend to place the power over outcomes in the hands of others, or luck, or fate, or the powers that be. You say things like, I just got lucky. Or, he was in the right place at the right time. I can't do anything about it. What will be, will be. I received a bad grade because the teacher doesn't like me. Or the boss only promotes her favorite employees. If you have a greater internal locus of control, you believe your actions determine or at least influence outcomes. And so you say things like, I worked really hard to get where I am. Or he received that award because he's super smart and talented. I know that I control my destiny. I received a bad grade because I didn't study enough for the test. Or the boss promotes people who get results. Now, of course, this concept isn't black and white. Most of us have a belief system that falls somewhere along a continuum. We either tend to be more to the left and we think we are more in control of the outcomes in our lives or a little more to the right. Those outcomes are more out of our hands. Interestingly, people with a greater external locus of control have higher levels of depression and anxiety. And why is that? It's because they feel like nothing they do matters. They don't control anything. Things happen to them. No matter what they do, they can't change it. It's a bad place to be. It's not a great way to feel. A pure internal locus of control isn't so great either, surprisingly, right? I mean, if you do that, you blame yourself completely for every failure. You think, I'm stupid. I don't work hard enough. There's something wrong with me. No matter what happens, the negative outcomes, the failures, you're like, it's my fault. It's all my fault. And that's not true either. The reality is that it is a balance. Yes, you can take action and shape outcomes. You can. But other people and the world around you will have a significant impact on outcomes too, whether you like it or not. And people who are more balanced in how they think about this external versus internal control report being happier. They find the right balance. I linked that research in the newsletter too. So I've coached several people who told me that their career just happened to them. It's a very external kind of focus, right? They took jobs that came their way, but they never intentionally pursued what they wanted. And then at some point that approach failed them or they had a bad experience or their career just kind of stalled. Because if you don't take control and you're not lucky enough to work for someone who's really, really looking out for you, your career is going to stall. However, when they shifted their locus of control more internally, they decided they could control the path of their careers. They could intentionally decide how to prepare and how to position themselves. They could reach out to people. They could pursue what they wanted. They knew They could influence the outcome and they ended up in a much better place. I think this concept is so interesting. It has such an influence on how you feel that I created a worksheet that is a useful way to examine a situation you might be facing that feels out of your control. So the link to this worksheet is in the newsletter. So go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com and get it. It can help shift your focus of control, your locus of control away from external force, forces and reduce feelings of helplessness. The exercise challenges you, <clears throat> sorry, losing my voice. The exercise challenges you to identify what you actually can control, what you might be able to influence and what you probably have to accept. And I've made the downloadable worksheet free for the first 1,000 people who claim it. So grab yours today. Go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. Go to this article and grab that worksheet. I think there's a quote that I kind of like from Charles Bukowski. Um, Deeply flawed, man. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff that he writes that I find interesting. And there's some stuff he writes that I'm very disturbed by. Anyway, the quote is, do you remember who you were before the world told you who you should be? I really like that quote. And that takes me to kind of this final section about your heart being stable. And I don't mean your literal physical heart. (laughs) Your heart is stable. I Because mean, people don't change. We mature. We evolve, hopefully. I feel like I have. We learn. We grow. But we don't fundamentally change. I've observed that truism in my children as I've watched them grow up from little babies to young adults. I can still see the core of their personalities. Their likes and dislikes. Despite other changes in their lives, I see it myself. I've watched my life, interestingly, come almost full circle. I mean, my career has transformed often radically about every 10 years. You know, I started out doing a lot of blue collar work. I did. I didn't grow up rich and a lot of blue collar jobs. And then I went to college and had my academic pursuits for many, many years to get my PhD in psychology and then pivoted completely into software design, traditional software design. This was before the web and then shifted again into management and leadership and becoming an executive, very different and product management. And then I leapt out of the corporate world and went into the startup world and founded my own startup. And then I built my own advisory business and now I'm coaching. I'm a leadership and career coach, which is completely different than what I was doing before. And I have no idea what comes next. I mean, it seems like it changes every 10 years. However, what has remained surprisingly stable and accurate is my ideal vision for my life. And that has lasted more than 50 years. I got sidetracked along the way and I got distracted by false goals. Chasing money, chasing titles, but I'm finally returning to that vision of what I always wanted ever since I was a kid. I'm slowly but surely finding my way back there. And I've never been happier. And I'm not saying that, again, to like brag about being happy. What a strange thing to think. I'm saying it because it's possible even when you think it isn't. And sometimes trying to be what we're not, going back to the Bukowski quote, can give us things we think we want, but leave us feeling a little empty and a little hollow. And if we remember what we really wanted before the world changed us, it can often make us happier. I mean, what's always been true about me and I had to come back to is, I am an introvert, I am. I prefer mainly working alone. So working in a huge company with teams of hundreds of people, I could do it. I did it. I played the game, but I wasn't super happy. I'm a creator. I like creating, and I gave that up. I used to be an artist. I used to be a musician. I've always been a writer, but didn't publish, so now I get to come back to that, and I can take what's in my head and bring it to life with my words, this podcast, creating art again, which I am, making music, writing music. I wither away when I'm trapped in the concrete world of cities. And I was in cities for a long time. I was in Houston, which is a massive city. And then the Bay Area, San Jose area, which is also pretty massive metro area. (laughs) Lived in Shanghai for a little while. Boy, that's big. And I'm not happy there. I thrive when I'm in the mountains. I'm... Deep in the woods around trees and I'm away from crowds of people. I just had to accept that and returning to that made me happier. And it took most of my life, but I have come full circle to what my heart always wanted. So yeah, a 10 year rigid career plan is ridiculous. Who knows what the world would be like and what you'll have to do to survive. But having a lifetime vision that you create the right way. A mission, a sense of purpose and meaning? Yeah, that is possible. I mean, I think it's so important that I dedicated a chapter of my book to it. and You may have heard that episode. It was defining your vision of the future. In my newsletter, newsletter newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, this is issue 357. I mean, will you learn more about yourself and course correct over the years? Yeah, I'm sure you will. You're going to change in many ways. But without a vision and a sense of purpose, what are you? A tiny boat on the surface of a stormy sea being thrust wherever the winds of fate blow you? That's surviving, not thriving. It's okay for the short term. Sometimes you have to do that. But it's pretty miserable as a lifelong lifestyle. So yes, be agile with your tactics in the near term. You have to be, you got to adapt. You have to survive, but be a little more flexible with your strategy for the next few years. Because again, that will be the external forces strategy is how you overcome the competitive environment. But just because a 10 year plan doesn't make sense, that doesn't mean you shouldn't create a vision. Don't be afraid to create an enduring and inspirational long-term vision for your life. And I'll come back to that Steve Jobs quote that I also enjoy so much. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Everything else is secondary. So I hope you enjoyed this episode and found some of it useful, applicable. I do encourage you to get that worksheet. I think it's a great worksheet and helpful just for a more objective evaluation of any situation or an issue that you're struggling with. So go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. This is Your Future is Unpredictable. Grab that worksheet. First 1,000 downloads are free. And if you'd like to help my podcast grow as a loyal listener, and I appreciate you, leave a rating review. You can do that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, other places. It does help. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.